Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Well, hey everybody, welcome back. Hope you're having a great week. This is Graham Clark with the Strategic Families Podcast. And welcome back for part two of our two-part series with Lynn Ray, my mother-in-law, who is just an awesome woman of the Lord who's got so much to teach us about wise parenting. So in today's episode, Lynn shares about the four basic needs that all humans have, aside from the obvious physical needs, of course. But we're talking about love, acceptance, worth, and security, and just how important this is in our parenting and how our job is to point our kids to God, who is the only one who can truly fill these needs. She also helps us see the danger that we can fall into with our discipline of our kids if we're not careful. Another thing that Lynn gets into in this episode is what I would call the destructive philosophy of self-esteem. Instead, she focuses on helping our kids have confidence in the Lord and helping them understand that God has good plans for them. She also discusses the challenges that we can face in getting this message through as our kids get older and the comparison trap that they can fall into. So I think you're going to be encouraged and challenged again with this interview. So let's roll it. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. This is round two, part two, with... Lynn Ray, my mother-in-law, I call her mom. Mom, welcome back again for part two. Thank you, Graham. Excellent. So today we're going to be talking about what we're going to call the four basic needs that all kids, really all people have. So mom, why don't you walk us through those needs and tell us why they're so important in our parenting? Okay. Yeah, these are some things that I wish I had known about earlier than I learned them. But anyway, um, yes, there are four basic needs that God has created every person with. And those needs are to be loved, to be accepted, to feel worth, and to be secure. So those are God-ordained. He, it was his idea. He gave us those needs. And the thing is, he wants to be the one to meet them. But typically, if we don't understand that and we don't know him well enough and trust him enough, we go to all sorts of other ways to try to meet those needs, which is very unhealthy. So we want to instill in our kids the understanding to go to God for those needs. However, when they're little, we are charged as their parents with meeting those needs. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's like um, if, If the parents meet those needs really well when the child is small, then typically by the time he's older and knows the Lord, he will be able to make that shift to go to God for these needs to be met. So it is incumbent upon us as parents to meet those needs. So let's think about that for a minute. When we bring a baby home from the hospital, what are the needs that that baby has? Well, it needs to be loved and it needs to be nurtured. And it needs to feel secure and be kept warm and fed and all that. So um, right away, I mean, this little tiny baby already has that need to feel loved and secure. And when they don't, um, they've they've done 
overseas uh, studies in various orphanages, like in Romania, where they study the outcome of babies who did not receive, did not have those needs met, especially the love piece. And what they find is that when those kids get older, they have no ability to connect with anybody. They, they can't bond with another human being. And of course, that leads to all kinds of mental health problems and psychoses and all sorts of bad stuff. So it is a need that every baby has to be loved and feel secure. Now, as they get <clears throat> a little bit older, they, the other two needs will surface and we'll see them, you know, by the time a child is maybe preschool or early elementary school, we'll see that they also have a need to feel accepted and they also have a need to feel valued. Okay, so the love and security has to be right from right out of the chute. But then this other acceptance and value has to come along pretty quickly after that. As you raise toddlers and maybe preschoolers, you'll see that they'll, you know, they'll begin to start having these like things where they don't feel accepted by the other kids in the school or whatever, and it'll come out. So what we need to do with our young children is be that safe haven in our homes and to make sure that they know that they are unconditionally loved and accepted, that they have great value to us and that they are secure in our, in our home and that they are part of something bigger than themselves. You know, they always talk about how kids who join gangs in the inner cities and stuff, it's typically because they don't have that sense of belonging at home. They don't really have anything going on at home. So they're very prone to get involved in gangs and all of that stuff that that entails, which you would think, well, who would want to get involved in that? But they do because they're looking to belong somewhere. So we need to understand that it is our job as parents of young children to provide that unconditional love and acceptance and security and that sense of value, worth, significance, whatever word you want to use there. Um, and it seems like that's sort of natural at first when they're little, but it can get harder as they go off to school and now they have peer groups and they may be feeling a little bit uh, rejected here and there in other, other ways, uh, other, by other groups in, in the world. So we have to continue to be that safe haven at home. Now, as they get a little bit older, we can start teaching them about God's love and how he loves them and he wants to care for them and he, they can trust him to provide for them and to keep them safe and secure and all that stuff. So um, that's our ultimate goal is to teach them to go to God to have these needs, needs met. But we start out doing it ourselves and we want to do a really good job of it. So mom, those are great points. Let's look at one aspect of this that can be challenging, discipline. We all know as parents, we're called to discipline our kids, but you can take that too far sometimes, but tell us how that fits in with the love, acceptance, worth, and security. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging aspect of parenting because absolutely every child needs discipline and every child needs to be trained and every child needs to have behaviors corrected along the way. However, we have to do it with you know a lot of prayer and in partnership with the lord because what we don't want to do is convey to the child that because they 
broke whatever rule or whatever, now they're not so acceptable anymore, or now we don't love them as much anymore. We have to make sure that none of that gets conveyed um, to the child. So we've got to do, we've got to administer the discipline with a lot of love and a lot of prayer and hopefully praying with the child through the process of the training and the discipline so that they understand it's not that they are less acceptable. They're always completely acceptable because what can happen if they start to feel like, oh, so now my mom and dad don't like me as much and they don't accept me as, as much as they used to because they found out that I lied about that or I broke that base or whatever. Now they're gonna start kind of trying to hide who they really are and make themselves more acceptable to mom and dad. And that's, that's where you don't want, that's where you get in the performance trap that we'll get into in a minute here. So we don't want to be raising little performers. We want to be raising kids who are secure in our love, but also compliant to our behavioral standards. <laughs> so it can be, it can be very tricky to, to kind of walk that line. Right. And I love the point you made about our homes needing to be safe havens. I remember reading an article and this lady was talking about that job is a lot harder now because, you know, okay, there's been bullying at school for decades and decades. This is not a new problem, but when a kid came home, it could be a safe place for them. Well, now a lot of this bullying happens online or in social media, and it's so much harder as parents. We have to be so much more vigilant that we're not allowing those things into our home that would make our home cease to be a safe haven. So it, the job may be a little bit harder now, but the principle stands. It needs to be a place where they know they are loved and accepted and um, insignificant. So thank you for that, for that great reminder. So mom, all of these concepts, this is a, this is a really big job. <laughs> what would you say, you know, at what point does does that, does it ever end? Are we always supposed to meet these needs or uh, what's, what's the end goal here? No, we're not supposed to always meet those needs for the kids, only when they're little and only to different degrees. And as they get older, that has to be less and less our job and more and more their responsibility to understand to go to God for those things. So it's really important to pass that on to them, that understanding that, you know what, people are going to let you down. And if you're looking for your security in, you know, your stuff, your money, whatever, that can go away. I mean, you, you have to, you have to teach the kids that their acceptance and their security and their significance and all of that has got to come from the Lord and not from peer groups and not from uh, getting a spot on the athletic team or, you know, all the things that kids will tend to think is what makes up their value. So we have to somehow pass that on. Oh, and I did want to also just interject this. There is a big difference between teaching a child to be self-confident and teaching him to be God-confident. There was that whole self-esteem movement that was really big for a lot of decades there. Oh, we got to, we got to make sure these kids all have good self-esteem. So they all need a trophy and they all, you know, <laughs> all this stuff that really was um, barking up the wrong tree, let's just say. So that whole self-esteem thing, I think we can pretty much reject and know that we're not really trying to build kids who are confident in themselves anyway. 
we want them to be confident in God and what he can do in and through them. Mm. So that's, that's the goal there is mm. have their confidence in God. Well, how do they get there? How do we get there? We have to know God if we're going to trust him. Mm. We have to know God if we're going to believe that he's going to provide for us and keep us safe and do all these things. It's, re- it's uh, incumbent upon us as the parents to, first of all, really dig into the scriptures and get to know God really well so that we can then pass that knowledge onto our kids. Mm. Yes, thank you for saying that. And I affirm your rejection of self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is nowhere in the scriptures. Right. And I think we do our kids so much harm when we make our highest goal the growing of their self-esteem. Yeah. If you think about the word esteem, it basically means praise. And we do not want them to praise themselves. We want them to be confident in who the Lord has created them to be. And when our kids know Christ, we know that God's plan for every believer is to conform them to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where they will find fulfillment and life and joy and hope and peace and all of those wonderful things, uh, not in self-esteem. So yes, we reject that here on the Strategic Families (laughs) Podcast. Thank you, mom. That's a wonderful word. So Mom, this all sounds great when they're small, you know, two, three, four, five there, you know, it could be aggravating, but it's kind of, you know, it's easy to love and to hug and to teach them these things and they take it in and they, they accept it and they say, thank you, mom and dad. Well, not really, but, but it's, (laughs) it's, they're a little more moldable and then they start to grow up and I'm like right in this stage. So I'm, Hey, I'm lead (laughs) learner here. I'm, I'm sitting at your feet. Teach me. Because when they go through middle school and they go through high school, we know this gets more challenging. They start to compare themselves with their peers. And, and I think you mentioned that a minute ago. So this job becomes a little harder. What kind of advice do you have for parents who have kids who are struggling with this? They start to compare themselves and they say, I mean, I know what the Bible says about me. I know what God thinks about me. I believe that. And that message is just having a hard time sinking its way into their hearts because they see others who might be doing better and they compare. And, and what advice would you give the parent to really show their kids just how valuable they are in the Lord's sight? That's a great question, Graham. And I think the first thing to address in that answer would be the parent needs to know their own identity in Christ. Because if we do, if we know who we are in Christ and we believe and trust that he is our security and he does place great value on us. I mean, he created us after all, and he loves us no matter what crazy stuff we might do. He's still going to love us. And he is our sense of security. If we believe all that and we walk in that, we can then probably be fairly successful at passing that on to our kids. If we're really trusting God, what do we have to worry about? And that's not to say that every minute, you know, even when we're really, really, uh, you know, on it and trusting God, that we're still not going to get a little rattled sometimes, but it will be a temporary thing. And we will go back to our anchor. Um, The anchor of our soul is Jesus Christ. So anyway, if we, if we can, I think it's really important for the parent to first do that work and understand their own identity in Christ and begin to live that out in their home, then I think that will be 
somewhat contagious to the child. And at least you'll have something to teach and something, you know, you, prayer, answers to prayer that you can share with the kids. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can kind of bring our kids along in this, but it's, it's hard. You're right. In middle school and high school, oh my goodness, the comparison thing is treacherous. And especially today with social media, I'm sure it's like <laughs> crazy, but we still don't want to get totally pulled over by that. We still know that if we, if our identity in Christ is solid, we can, with some patience and some time and some processing, pass that on to our kids. Thank you for that. What a great point. We need to know our identity in Christ so we can pass that on. So one of the challenges we just talked about is the, the middle school, the high school years, but we also have an enemy who is seeking to steal and kill and destroy and disrupt all of this work that we want the Lord to do. Can you talk about how that can inform and should inform our parenting with our kids to help them know the deep love that God has for them? Okay, there's probably a couple of points I would make there. And one is that it's really important for us to understand that our kids need that unconditional love and acceptance. But even when we know that, and honestly, I didn't know that well enough when I was parenting, I wish I had understood that better. But um, even when we do understand that, we will still fail. We, we will. We will have times when our kids will be so aggravating that we do convey that they are, you know, less acceptable or less loved or whatever, because we're just not in a good place ourselves. And that's probably my biggest parenting regret is are those times when I really failed at that. So we're going to not always get it right. And we need to realize that. So, you know, there will be that. But then even if you had a parent who somehow got it right every day, all the time, which we're not going to find one of those. But even if we could, we have to remember that Satan is in the mix. And he does, like you said, he wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our kids. He wants to make sure that there is no uh, kingdom effectiveness coming out of our homes. So he is going to do whatever he can to distort and twist and pervert things that are said or done. And I mean, they can be things that were done with very good intentions, or sometimes we can say something that we shouldn't say, and he'll certainly jump on that too. So it's both. It's, it's our own failures. But then a lot of times we're not even doing anything wrong. We're really, you know, speaking life to our kids, we thought. But Satan will somehow, he's got, he's got a lot of uh, things in his tool belt, and he will do what he can to make sure that that child, at least at times, feels unacceptable, rejected by peers or whoever, to make sure that he feels inferior, insecure, adequate. That's like his game plan for all of us. But especially, I think he's especially successful with middle schoolers and high schoolers. It doesn't take that much. And he's very good at his job of doing that. However, we have to remember that even though Satan is good at that and he's going to try all that stuff and he's going to succeed to some degree at some points, we have to remember that God is way more powerful than Satan and that he is the one who reigns over all of life. He is the one as we go to him in prayer and desperation and say, Lord, please 
help this child to see himself as you see him. And we just continue in prayer and continue in the word and just trust that the Lord is going to break through that fog of rejection and unacceptance that they will feel sometimes. And that, you know, we just have to be steadfast and keep loving them, keep accepting them, keep affirming them. And sometimes they're going to act like they're not hearing a word we're saying, but we just stay the course and they will eventually be able to hear us again. <laughs> but, you know, just know that there's going to be periods of time when we will get off track too. We'll feel all those things. We'll feel rejected and we'll feel despairing and depressed and stuff. Hopefully not for long because we go back to God and say, okay, I see where I got off track here. We probably have to do some repenting, whatever, and get it back on track. So we do that for ourselves, but we also do it for and with our children because it's hard it's hard growing up and trying to figure out who am i what am i supposed to be about yeah. and, you know just all the all the questions that kids are asking and they probably don't even realize they're asking them at those ages but they are they're trying to figure out where they fit and who they are and what they're supposed to be like and be about so we just want to be their continual support system during those times and know that god is at work he is always at work and sometimes we can't see it. And sometimes we'll just, you know, Satan will want us to think that God, you know, forgot about us or forgot about our child, but he never does that. He's always at work. And we will, as we stay the course, see the other side of that cloud as it finally dissipates and um, mm. truth is revealed. So we have to remember God is still in charge. That's so encouraging. Thank you, mom. It's, it's funny. You, mentioned this just last night, literally last night, we were dealing with one of our kids who was um, comparing herself to other kids and feeling like she's not as fast as other kids in running and was really dealing with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's those moments where we need to dive in as parents. Yeah. And it, it sometimes we want to step away and say, oh, no, I don't understand this. I'm not really sure how to address this issue. And those are the moments where we have to just dive in and mm -hmm. remind our kids or teach them as the case may be about the truths of God's word. And it was so cool just praying with Katie this morning. And she, she prayed uh, for our child that, that she would be seen. And anyway, it was just a cool, mm -hmm. cool moment is one of those real parenting moments where, you know, there's some heart stuff going on and we want to see the Lord move and work. And, and we know he will as right. we submit to him. So Anyway, so cool. Thank you, mom. I, one last question. I didn't plan on asking this, but you know, I'm mindful of the fact that our, our podcast is called strategic families podcast. And so of course, you know, like we've talked about so many times together, mom, the point of all this, of course, we, we want to have whole families. We want to have families where there is shalom, peace and joy and, and all of those great things. But we also want to be on mission for the Lord, for the Lord. We want to be a strategic family. Can you just tie this in for us a little bit, all of these amazing concepts that you've been talking about, helping our kids know that they are loved, that they are accepted, that they are so valuable and they are secure in our homes. They're loved by the Lord. Can you talk to us real quick, help us make that connection about how emphasizing those things and setting that foundation in our homes can really help us become the strategic, intentional, purposeful families that he wants to use to advance his kingdom so that people would know him and love him and that he would be glorified. 
well, that's a lot. <laughs> um, and I think, I think that, you know, laying that foundation that you just described is the key thing. Um, helping each child, like you mentioning, one of your daughters felt like she wasn't as fast as other people, whatever. Um, helping each child to see their own strengths as well as their own struggles, weaknesses, whatever you want to call them. So we need to make sure that every child knows you're not going to be good at everything and that's okay. God has given you some things that you're going to be really good at and he's calling you to, to really use those gifts for his glory. And don't worry about, you know, who's faster. If that's not something that he, he's given you to do, he's given you other stuff. So I think just that continual know your child kind of thing we have that's you know we talk about this whole parenting thing is full of lots of work lots of um, facets and one of them is to know each child well and to understand as best you can what god has gifted each one to do and then really promote them you know in that direction and help them to move in that gifting and I mean, that's what I see you and Katie doing right now. <laughs> it's very exciting to me. And really all of, all 10 of you, if, if I, you know, step back and look at each of the 10 adult kids, you're all moving in your giftings and you're all doing different things, but you're all advancing the kingdom and you're all on mission for the Lord in different ways. And boy, is that exciting. So I think, you know, for your kids, when they're still young, like yours are, you just have to know that God's got some really cool plans for them and just keep, you know, assuring them that that's the case. You don't see what those are yet, but you will. And just do the part that you can do, which is to affirm and encourage and pray for and with each one and let the Lord bring about what he's what he's doing and, and that missional thing will happen in your family where some of it you'll be doing all together as a family and some you'll see the different kids go off and kind of in different directions on their own unique missions. So it's uh, all I can say is it's the coolest thing ever when you see it happen as the kids get older. That's awesome. And I love just to tie that back into a scripture that you mentioned last time you talked about Ephesians 3 20 mm -hmm. that our God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So even if we could sit down and think about like, well, I want my kids to do this and to do this and to do this, you know, he's going to do, it'll be way more. <laughs> it's going to be more than that. I think of Tim Tebow. I heard a quote one time where, you know, Tim Tebow's parents were missionaries, I think in the Philippines. And his dad said something to the effect of, I prayed for a pastor and God gave me a quarterback <laughs> and what an amazing testimony he has had and an amazing witness for the Lord in his position. Uh, so cool. I just, I love how God, you know, he can, he can take our plans and he's just got so much more in store for our kids than we can even imagine right now. So thank you for that reminder. Well, mom, this has been a joy and a privilege. Uh, again, so thankful for all that you've taught me and our listeners. Thank you so much. And I would just say to all our listeners, let's strive to show that love, that acceptance, that worth and security to our kids so that we can orient their hearts to the Lord so they can have that firm foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ, which can help us be equipped to go out and, and live for him and to bring him glory. So mom, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Graham. Blessings on your endeavor here to help other families. I just love it. Thank you. Well, Mom, thank you as always for giving us such good encouragement and for challenging us to love our kids well and to point them to the Lord, who's the only one who could meet those needs of love, acceptance, worth, and security. So thankful for you and thankful for you, our listeners. Check us out at strategicfamilies.com where you can find some ideas. And if you've got stories you'd like to share with us or you just want to connect with us or tell us about your challenges, we'd love to hear from you. I hope all of you guys have a great week. Be blessed. Be a blessing. Live on mission for the Lord. Let's do it.